for tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. you. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives up to this point, but we know that you are far from finished. We know that you are far from finished from the things that you want to do in us, with us, to us, and most importantly, what you want to do through us. And God, right now, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive whatever it is you have to say to us today, God. Open hearts, clear minds. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody in this room said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, give it a hand for the worship team. They did amazing. They did amazing. How are you guys doing? You doing well? There's a football game today. You excited about that? I don't really care for football, but I'm just joking. If you know me, I love football. So... But anywho, my name is Alex Howe. I have the privilege of serving here at New Vision as the family pastor. And uh, I'm excited. Oh, okay. Okay. I am I'm excited to be able to bring the word uh, to you today. Uh, but before I even do that, I want to give honor to somebody. My pastor. I want to thank him in front of you guys for giving me the opportunity to be up here for being a great example of a husband, a great example of a father, a great example of a pastor, just a great example of what a Christian man should look like walking through this life. And so I am honored to call you pastor, and all of us should just for about 10 seconds just give him a hand clap for what he does for us, with us, everything he does. Thank you, sir. Love you very much. So last week, Pastor Kevin, he, he, he had Vision Sunday, and we talked a little bit about how we're going to be building this year, how we're going to be building until it's finished. And so I had an idea. He, he told me a couple weeks ago, hey, hey, can you preach? I was like, got it. And I started to, to think through, okay, so what can I preach on, Lord? And the Lord gave me this, this topic that's in the same line of building. And so the title of my sermon today, if you're taking notes, which you should be, I don't care if it's on your notepad or on a little note, Get your phone out. Take notes. That's how you're going to remember this thing on Thursday when you forget it tomorrow when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Anyways, <laughs> anywho, uh, the title of my sermon today is Built to Last. Built to Last. And so I'm going to have a few scriptures. I'm going to give you one right now in James, and then we'll dig into the rest of it. So I'll give you a moment to turn to James, uh, James 1, 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. If you have your app on your phone, go to your Bible app on your phone. If you have the physical Bible, turn the page to James 4. And I'll be reading out of the NLT. And this is what it, say, it says in James. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, watch this, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's so flipped to how we see, you know, troubles. 
And so it says, consider an opportunity for great joy. Verse 3 says, for you know that when your faith is tested, mm, a lot of us get mad when God tests our faith. For you know when, our faith is t- when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Watch this. The Bible says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Needing nothing. I want to pray one more time, and then we're going to jump into this text and dissect it. Lord, thank you. I pray right now that you would just use me as your vessel. Allow me to communicate the way you need me to uh, communicate. I pray that people that need to receive this message will receive it with an open heart and a clear mind, as I said, God. Father, we love you and magnify you. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So I'm a huge sports guy. I love sports. I love football. I love basketball. Uh, I love baseball. Uh, I played football in high school. I played a little bit in college. I played a couple years in college. And uh, my friends all played basketball, you know, so they would go to the gym. They would put up shots. They would always be getting ready for the season, you know, having muscle memory, whatever it may have been. But a sport that I always drew interest in was boxing. I always just liked to watch it. I never wanted to participate in it, but I always wanted to watch it. I like to watch it. I didn't grow up with, I, I know some of you guys grew up with the real iron Mike Tyson. I grew up with, you know, bite your ear off Mike Tyson. So I didn't get to see... I didn't get to see the, the Tyson in his prime that I heard so much about. I get to watch it on YouTube and watch him knock out people, but I got to watch him bite off of Vander Holyfield's ear. So that's what I remember about Mike Tyson and getting a face tattoo. <laughs> but other than that, that's all I remember about Mike Tyson. But what, what I was trying to say is I, I just I love watching boxing because the way they train, it's, it's crazy. Like the workouts they do to last 12 rounds in a fight, it's, it's crucial. It's, it's, there's some things that they have to do to endure while they're training to last through this fight. And so it, it made me think of like football. When I was prepping for, uh, for season, you know, I played football. So we were preparing our bodies in the summer, in the spring. We had to eat right. I remember that my, my stepmom used to be like, you need to eat normal. Like, what, why are you trying to watch what you eat? Like, you're a growing boy. And I'm like, ah, I'm getting ready for football season. What you mean? And so what, what, what I'm trying to get is when I was reading this article on boxing, when they were training, the main thing they would train is their core. They would train their core. I watched a couple interviews. Boxers said that if their core is strong, they can last 12 rounds. It said if their core is strong, they can knock someone out. Because when you're standing, because I actually got up and tried this. I was like, let me see what they're talking about. So I got up, and I was like, oh, shoot. Every time I swing, I'm flexing my core. Every time I'm moving back, I'm flexing my core. Whenever you're going to the side, you're flexing your core if you're in a fight. Right? And so a jab, anything that you want to do in boxing, you got to build your core. And so I'm wondering today, like, if a boxer has the mentality to build their core to do whatever they take, to do whatever it takes for them to become a champion in their sport, I wonder how many of us are scared to allow God to grow our faith yeah. and to grow our core. Because when we see things that come to our lives, when we see these exercises, boxers do these exercises. And so there's one, one boxer I, I believe it was, uh, uh, what's his name, Roy Jones. I believe it was Roy Jones. He said that he would do dips. You guys know what a dip is, right? You do the dips. He said he would do 100 dips, and then he would hold it for 30 seconds. He would do 100 dips, hold it for 30 seconds, 100 dips, hold it for 30 seconds. And if he failed, he would do it all again. He didn't care about the pain he was going through because he wanted to become a champion. He wanted to last 12 rounds. He wanted to knock people out. He wanted to have the best footwork in the whole boxing world. And so right now, I want to take you on this journey in Exodus where the Israelites have just come from the promised land, or excuse me, from, uh, from Egypt. And Moses goes and gets them. 
And so I'm going to pick up, pick up with me in Exodus 10, excuse me, Exodus 14, 10 through 14. Exodus 14, 10 through 14. I'm reading out of the NLT. Exodus 10, uh, 14, 10 through 14 says this. As Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked. When they saw the Egyptians overtaking them, they said, they cried out to the Lord, and they said, Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. You see what they said? They said they'd rather be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told him this. Watch this. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians, you see, will never be seen again. The enemies that you're struggling with right now will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And so what I want to talk to you about right now is that the Lord's going to guide you. The Lord is going to guide you. And like I was saying, we have to build our faith. The Lord is trying to build our faith because there's something that's greater in your life that he wants to accomplish. His purpose is greater than your temporary feeling. His purpose is so much bigger and greater, but you got to allow God to work up in your life. you got to allow God to get to those things that you necessarily don't like. We talked about how I surrender. There's some things that you might not have surrendered to, but God's trying to put some adversity in your life to grow that thing, to grow that faith, so that you can allow him to do what he needs to do in you and through you. And so right here, we see that the, the Israelites, they're walking, they're going, they have the Egyptians to their back, and they have the Red Sea in front of them. They're running, not running, they're probably walking. There's millions of them. They could have been running. It would have been a huge stampede. It would have been crazy. But anywho, there, there's Egyptians behind them. And so I, I believe that they were paralyzed. I believe that in that moment, they were paralyzed. They were like, oh, okay, uh, uh, there's a Red Sea and there's Egyptians. There's people that want to kill us or we're going to go drown in the sea. And so if we look, if we go back in the text, if we go down to verse 15, and it'll pop up on the screen for you, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Watch this. Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. You see, God didn't necessarily show the, the, the way for them until they obeyed. And so what I want to kind of tell you, and, tell you and, and show you is that miracles in your life require obedience. And so if you're going to want a miracle in your life, if you're wanting God to do something, it requires a little bit of obedience. But that obedience is a little scary sometimes. It's scary because there's a big sea in front of you, but there's Egyptians behind you. I don't know in your personal life right now what's paralyzing you and keeping you from going forward. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe you're trying to impress the wrong people. I don't know what's paralyzing you, but all I know is that the Bible says you need to get moving. You need to get moving. You need to get up out of that, that, that circumstance, out of that, that presence that the enemy is paralyzing you in and, and let God guide you. See, the Israelites, when they were in Egypt, they fell upon these habits and these thought patterns of depending on the Egyptians. 
And so God's trying to build something in them so they can get to the promised land. Because he has a promised land for them, but he knows that before they get there, he needs to change some things in their life. He needs to get them to understand he needs, they need to depend on him to guide him. They need to depend on him to guide him. And so as we're, as we're navigating through this thing, and as you're sitting here listening to me, I want you to think through, what is paralyzing you? What has God asked you to move forward on that you have not moved forward on? It's clear in the Bible. He says, why are you crying out? Get moving. Like, what are you crying out? What are you talking about? I told you to go somewhere. Just go. Quit trying to be hesitant. Quit trying to make excuses on what not to go forward on. I don't know if that's serving for you. I don't know if that's a transition for you. I don't know what that is in your personal life. That's for you and the Holy Spirit to work in and through you and to show you that as I'm speaking. But God guides us. He guides us. There may have been some past things that have happened in your life that have allowed you to think that you're not able to move forward. Maybe, you know, your parents may have said something crazy to you when you were a kid. Maybe your friend told you that you're not worthy. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but all I know is the Bible says get moving. It it, it doesn't matter. The Bible says get moving. And then what? Moses did what? Raised his staff. It says, get moving. The next verse is, Moses raised his staff. Let God guide you. What I know about God is that he's already went to where he's taking us. What I know about God is that he's the alpha and he's the omega. So if he's told you to go somewhere, that means he's already been there, and he knows the beginning and the end. And so everything in between, he's already claimed victory of you, over for you. Today we sang that song, Sea of Victory. The victory's already been won in your life. Jesus died on the cross. The victory has been won. What God's wanting from you is for you to trust him and allow him to guide you to the victory in your life right now. And I don't know what it is, but stop letting fear, stop letting depression, stop letting anxiety, whatever it is, stop letting it paralyze you. You're not going to do anything that God wants you to do being paralyzed, allowing the enemy to whisper in your ear, you're not good enough. To whisper in your ear, they hate you. To whisper in your ear, why would you do that? Stop allowing the enemy to paralyze you. Let God guide you. As the Israelites go across, mind you, they went across on dry ground. They went across on dry ground, a sea on dry ground. Moses raises the staff, sea splits. Miracles require obedience. After they get across, they wander in the desert for three days. They wander in the desert for three days. I, I don't know if it's, if it's intentional. I believe God is intentional, but I see three days, and I think of Jesus raising from the dead on, three, on the third day. And so for three days, they're wandering, and then they get thirsty in chapter 15. In chapter 15, the Bible says that the people complained, and they grew thirsty. They had bitter water. Mind you, God had just did what? Made them walk on dry ground. Three days later... I wonder how many of us have short-term memory loss. (laughs) Not really. I wonder how many times God has blessed you and a week goes by and you're already complaining to him again. I, I wonder if, I wonder if, I wonder if the blessing that God has given you is something that you get to look back to and say he's gonna do it again. Because so many of us will walk through life saying, well, God bless me and just keep moving. God bless me, we'll keep moving. He's like, well, I blessed you here and you, you're going, but then you stop and you're like, well, God, you need to bless me again. 
It's like, I blessed you here. Trust me and keep moving. You, you stop moving. Keep going. I'm going to bless you. And what, 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 what's happening is God is, is breaking these habits, right? He's breaking the habit that they were depending on the Egyptians to guide them. And now they're de- they were dependent on the Egyptians to what? Provide for them. And so what I want to show you today is that God wants to provide for us. He wants to provide everything he has uh, in store for you. He wants to provide it. And so after he guides you in that transition, maybe it's a transition, maybe not. But after he guides you, he's going to provide for you. Let's go to uh, Exodus 16. Exodus 16, <clears throat> 3 through 5. If you're there, say there. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt. Here they go. Here they go. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. The Lord's going to rain down blessing from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick it up, pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, uh, on the sixth day they will uh, gather food and they will prepare it. There will be twice as much as usual. Twice as much as usual. After God guides you across a sea, after he guides you and navigates you through whatever it is he needs you to, to go forward on, He's going to provide for you. I don't know if he's going to provide for you emotionally. I don't know if he's going to provide for you financially. I think a lot of us get scared for that. A lot of the things that God tells us to do have to do with our finances because that's the thing that's closest to us. Like I said earlier, have we surrendered that to God to allow him to multiply what's already his in the first place? God's going to provide for you. It says that he provided manna for the people. God's what? He's growing faith in them. He's needing to do something in them so they can understand they have a greater purpose than their temporary emotion. The thing that they're enduring right now is temporary. Hunger is temporary. Thirst is temporary. I know that if God can deliver me across the sea, he can give me some water. I know that if God can, 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 can get me out of these, uh, the ownership of these slaves, he can give me some manna. And so this mindset that these Israelites have, which you have to understand, it's, it's understandable. Like, when you're in something for so long, you conform to that culture. And that speaks to who you have around you right now. Who's speaking into your ear? Who are you going to when things get hard? Got quiet. Got quiet. Allow God to provide for you. Allow God to provide whatever he needs, emotional support, financial support. He's going to guide you and provide for you. I need you to understand that. Get to moving. Move forward. The miracle cannot happen until you move forward. Nothing great in this world comes easy. There is nothing great that comes easy. When I played football, if the team wanted to be great, we never won a state title in high school, but we always got the literally the round before, we always lost. Or two rounds before, we always lost to the same team. The same team. And you know what it was when I was in high school and we were running our sprints? The whole team wasn't thinking through, okay, 
I wonder the team that we will lose to every year is called Fort Osage. Every year they would beat us. The last, my senior year, they beat us 12 to 7. 12 to 7. But what I went to when they beat us my senior year, 12 to 7, I remember in the dead of summer, our, our, uh, our team had gotten in trouble, and our coach made us line up and run sprints. Everyone was running sprints except for like three people, but they were three key people. They were three of our starters. A starter is someone that goes on the field first. They're one of the best players on the team. It, I was running. Don't think it was me. I was running. I was running. But these three starters, and the coach said, this is where you win the championship. He said, right now, this is where you win the championship. By training right now, by allowing God to do something in your life right now, some adversity may come, but you need to understand that you have to embrace that adversity. Because when you embrace that adversity, that's when God can actually allow that thing to grow in your life. When a boxer is fighting and they are getting ready for the fight, they're doing these dips thinking, I want to be the champion. I want to be the best there is. They're embracing the adversity in the moment now. They aren't thinking about anything else. They're saying, I need to get through this. And so I'm asking you, and t- not asking you, I'm telling you right now, embrace that adversity. And when God is trying to, trying to grow some things in you, when he's trying to change some attitudes and some habits that you may have, whatever it is, some pride you may have, whatever it is, you need to embrace that thing. You need to embrace it, but understand that when you embrace something, you're not in it alone. You're not embracing these adversity, this adversity alone. When you're embracing this adversity, you need to understand. Remember I said earlier, put some people around you. When you put those people around you, that requires a little bit of vulnerability. A lot of us get so prideful because we're going through something, and we want people to think that we're perfect when we're not. We want people to think that we're never going to go through anything and that we're all good and nothing bad ever happens to us. No. Bring some people in on that. That's why it's so important to build a community here at the church. That's why it's so important to put people around you that care for you, that want to know how to pray for you, that want to know when someone has, has passed away in your life. They want to know when uh, your job isn't going how you thought it was going to go so they can be with you and embrace that adversity together. You're not in this alone. Never think that you are. So after we understand that we have to embrace adversity together, we embrace the people around us. We got to do some work on our own. We need to pray each day. The Bible says that he provided manna for them what? Each day. He provided manna each day. He didn't say, here's a chunk of manna, you're good. He didn't say, read your Bible for three chapters at a time and then you're good for the week. He said, each day I need to give you some fresh manna. He said, each day I need you to wake up. I don't need you to watch TV. I don't need you to check your cell phone. I need you to get in your word. And let me reveal something to you that you haven't seen before. Because there's a lot of times where that word that you have in front of you that day, there's someone in your life that needs it. So if you wake up and you don't get that word, there may be someone you encountered that needed the word that God wanted to reveal to you, but you say, oh, let me go do this. Let me go to work. I'm late to work. Prioritize yourself. Get yourself ready to, to, to get some manna every day. Because in order to get that manna, we got to prioritize God. We can't embrace adversity if we're not close to God. If we embrace it without him, we're going we're gonna to fall. It's going to be hard. Why in the world would we try to do this alone? So we pray, we get in our word, come to church. Build community. Like, understand that every single week you need to prioritize God's presence. 
There is nothing more important than that in this world. Your sleep isn't, the Super Bowl isn't. I don't care. I don't care. It does, it's not more important. Don't tell me that you're preparing for the Super Bowl all day when the Super Bowl is at 5.30. Get up in the morning. Get some word in you. There's someone that's at that Super Bowl party that needs it. Embrace adversity. There's a promised land. The Israelites had a promised land they had to get to. You guys have a purpose in your life you need to get to. In order to get to that purpose, you have to let God guide you. You have to let God provide for you. And you have to embrace the things that God is going to use in your life. Because here's the thing, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. It's hard. That's why it's so important to pray. It's so important to put people around you. Embrace it together. Pastor Kevin talked about last week that we're building this year, this church, the foundation. We're building it what? Until it's finished and we're building it together. We're building together. That means that if I'm going through something, I'm telling pastor, pastor, how can, can you pray for me in this? If my wife's going through something, she's talking to Melissa. Hey, how, can you help me pray through this? Whoever that is in your life, figure it out. You need a partner to go through this thing. It takes vulnerability. Ooh, that's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable. I remember before me and my wife had got engaged, I was, I was very hesitant to share certain things with her because I was, a man, I was manly. I, was, I, was, I got everything on my own. I don't have emotions. I hide my emotions. Nah, God put her in my life for me to bounce those things off of her. She'd be like, hey, babe, I'm going through this. I need you to pray with me. I need you to be thinking through this. I need you to help me um, prioritize God better. I need you to help me uh, wake up in the morning. I need you to help me to get in my word before I look at my phone. Tell me to charge my phone in the kitchen so it's not the first thing I grab in the morning. Maybe that's some, some of y'all need to do that. It's my alarm. Go buy an alarm clock at Walmart. Dead serious. Embrace this thing. There was a man in Matthew 26. You may or may not have heard of him. His name is Jesus Christ. This man, Jesus Christ, in Matthew 26, he went to a garden. It was called Gethsemane. In this garden, he prayed and he said, Lord, if this cup can pass, let it pass. What he was saying is, do I have to die on the cross for, for all of humanity? He wanted to, but he was just making sure. He was just making sure. And the Lord, and the Lord revealed to him that he, yes, you do need to do that. You need to embrace this. I need you to embrace this adversity so that my people can have a connection with me for eternity. And so the biggest adversity that ever happened in this world, Jesus already took care of it. If you didn't know. So that small adversity that's in your life, that small little, God, I don't, are you going to die on the cross? Are you going to die on the cross for everyone's sin? You're not doing that. God did that for us. Jesus did that for us. He embraced the biggest adversity that has ever stepped on this planet. What's significant, and I, what I want you guys to see, though, is in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was, a, it was a garden that had trees of olives. And so on these olive trees, uh, the, the olives grew. Olive trees, olives grew. But the olive wasn't at its full potential on the tree. So in order for the olive to get the full potential out of it, which is what we call olive oil, they had to pull the olive down, and they had, uh, it wasn't a machine, it was a, some, sort of, some sort of equipment that they used to crush the olive. They crushed the olive to produce the best thing that they could out of it. 
And so this week, today, are you allowing life to crush you? Or are you allowing it to crush you to produce olive oil? Because God wants some oil to flow through your life. Crushing isn't pretty. It sucks. It does. But God sees something in you. He sees something in you that he wants to change right now. He wants you to see that the purpose that he has in your life is greater than what you have right now. That requires you to embrace some crushing. Embrace some change. Embrace what God has for you. We were talking about boxing earlier, and I want to show you this quote from the greatest boxer of all time. His name was Muhammad Ali. He said this. This is a quote that Muhammad Ali said. He said, I hated every minute of training. I hated every minute of it. But I said, don't quit. This is him talking to himself. Don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. That was a human being. You're a human being, but you have something that's different on your side. You have something called the Holy Spirit that's here to guide you, that's here to walk with you, that's here to talk with you, that's here to give you wisdom, to hear, that's here to embrace adversity with you. And if we want to be the great warriors of God in God's kingdom that we, that we need to be, we're going to hate this training. But he told himself, I'm going to suffer through this because I want to be a champion later. And he did his training. And now we look at Muhammad Ali as what? The greatest boxer to ever walk the face of the earth. Allow God to do something in you that's going to be, it's going to hurt. It may be uncomfortable, but it's necessary. It's necessary. If all of us in this room, in this community, in this nation came together, embraced adversity together and allowed God to just change us, what would that do to the people that are around us? When people look at you and they say, how are you reacting like this? Well, I look at it as an opportunity for joy. I look at it as an opportunity to grow my faith. I know it's painful. I know it's weird. I know it's crazy, but that's what it is. Stand up all over this place. As we embrace adversity, as we are built to last through this life, we allow God to guide us through this life. We allow God to provide for us through this life. In order for God to guide you and provide for you, there's a step you may need to take if you haven't taken it. That step is accepting Jesus Christ in your heart right now. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say a prayer and I want us, everyone in this room to repeat it for the benefit of those that may be coming to Christ for the very first time or for those that may be coming back to Christ. After I say the prayer, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to shoot your hand up and we want to celebrate with you. Everyone heads bowed and eyes closed. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I, admit, or excuse me, I believe that you died on the cross and rose on the third day. I choose to have you as Lord of my life. 
Change my thoughts. Change my actions. I want to live the rest of my life for you. Every head bowed and eye closed. I believe if you just said that prayer and you meant it in your heart and you were sincere, on the count of three, I believe that God is going to change your life from this day forward. One, God loves you. Two, you'll never be the same. Three, I see there, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's celebrate. Lift your hands and worship God right now. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. Please share your story and partner with us financially at newvisiongrandview.com.